0: Good evening, everyone. It's time for Ham Talk Live. It's episode number 184, the HamSci WWV Festival of Frequency Measurements, recorded live on Thursday, October 3rd, 2019. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Dr. Nathaniel Frussell, W2NAF. And we'll take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week, Joe Karsha, NJ1Q, and Michelle Patnode, W3MVP, were here to talk about the So Now What podcast from ARRL. And if you missed the show, you can listen anytime over at hamtalklive.com or on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. Or you can catch the rebroadcast on WTWW. That's fifty eighty five a.m. Saturday mornings or Saturday evenings, rather, at about six thirty p.m. Eastern time. Uh, before we take a break here, hey, don't forget about Fallout. It's the one hundred watts to the wire podcast. Fallout. That's October eleventh through the thirteenth, and um, Christian K zero S T H is encouraging everyone to get outdoors and enjoy. Some radio before the chill arrives here in the U.S. And uh, while it's not a contest, there are some prizes and points. So go over to 100 wire, 100 watts and a wire.com slash activities and uh, check out all the information there on Fallout. Uh, get outside next weekend and, uh, and participate. So I'll be back with Nathaniel right after this word from ICOM right here on Ham Talk Live. Heard it, worked it. Logged it. It's time to get the transceiver that's best suited for your lifestyle. ICOM offers a variety of high-performance and innovative products. Make the most out of contest season with one of these ICOMs today. The IC7610 is the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out the faintest of signals— even in the presence of stronger adjacent ones. The IC7610 by ICOM is a direct sampling, software-defined radio that will change the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. It has RF direct sampling, 110 RMDR, independent dual receiver, and dual digicel. The IC7300 is changing the way entry-level HF is designed. This high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design will far exceed your expectations. With RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, a large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot, and of course, the IC7300 keeps your competitive contesting edge with faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. ICOM's IC7851 is the pinnacle of HF perfection. It has dual receivers, digital IF filters, memory keyer, digital voice recorder, high resolution spectrum waterfall display, enhanced PC connectivity, and an SD memory card slot. For more information on ICOM radios, be sure to visit icomamerica.com com slash amateur five out of four people have trouble with fractions now here's neil rapp with more ham talk live Thanks to ICOM for bringing Hamtalk Live your way. Be sure to check them out at ICOMAmerica.com slash amateur. Our guest tonight is Dr. <clears throat> excuse me, Nathaniel Frisell, W2NAF. He is now an assistant professor at the University of Scranton in physics, where he teaches digital signal processing. Fundamental physics and electromagnetics. He is the lead organizer of HAMSI, a project that explores how amateur radio can help us understand more about the physics of the ionosphere. Nathaniel completed his PhD in electrical engineering in spring 2016 at the Superdarn HF Radar Laboratory at Virginia Tech. He was also involved in the Virginia Tech Amateur Radio Association, where he coordinated the VE team and his interests include HF CW HF propagation and radio scouting including involvement at the W2FSR station at Forestburg Scout Reservation in New York as well as uh, working on the K2BSA staff at the National Scout Jamboree and so Nathaniel welcome back thank you so much Neil it's a pleasure to be here well, it's always good to have you back here, and and last time I think was for your big award. So congratulations again on uh, on being the uh, Hamvention Amateur of the Year, and uh, I really like this. And, and before the show, we were already talking uh, all this uh, science stuff uh, because the science geeks were. You know, we got to ask all these all these technical science questions and so we we weren't going to bore everybody with those (laughs) on the show here tonight but uh we're already talking about this uh this new project but and we'll talk about that here in just a second but but first how's the the move going you you were at ngit and now uh you just started a new uh gig over at scranton and you're back to teaching you're back in the classroom again uh, trying to balance the workload between the
1: classroom and your research. So how, how's it all going? Uh, that's right, Neil. I think things are going fine. Um, so I'm, I'm teaching a couple lectures and a couple of labs this semester, and I have a few uh, undergraduate research students working with me as well. Uh, one of them I was able to bring to the Tapper Digital Communications Conference uh, last week, and another one is working on a project that uh, we're going to send some HF radio receivers down to Antarctica, again, um, and that's through a collaboration with NJIT. Um, so I think things are coming along just fine. Over. <laughs> All right, very good. Well, you know,
0: it's
1: it's always
0: a, a challenge, and and I was sharing with you uh, uh, before the show, uh, you know, some of the things that that happen in the classroom, like. Uh, three hundred and eleven thousand percent error, you know, that that, there might be something wrong there.
1: There might be. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm learning that, too, now, as I'm teaching a physics one class. Um, You know, some of the students are are really quite bright. You just gave an exam and we had a few students just, you know, walk away with perfect, perfect exams and other students. they, They struggle a little bit more, but hopefully they'll all get to where they need to be by the end.
0: If they figure out F equals ma, then life is good. That's right,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and that vector math. You know the vector and math. and vectors. Yes, and vectors. Yeah, vectors. Yeah. I, I told them I'm like so much of this uh, class is just knowing how to manipulate vectors properly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I brought up the v- the V word uh, in in class the other day. We're talking about. Uh, polarity in molecules. and molecules and i was like yeah you can you can figure out the resultant dipole and they're like oh no not that word again <laughs> oh no <So>. it's back <laughs> <laughs> well let's talk about this WWV. i love the name it's the the festival of frequency measurements it, it just it just has a ring to it so tell sure us about does, what it, it, it is and, and and who's participating and what you hope to
1: learn out of this. Sure, Neil. So the WWV Centennial Festival of Frequency Measurements is a science activity that goes along with WWV's 100th anniversary celebrations. And the idea of doing the Festival Frequency Measurements, uh, both the name and the idea for doing this particular experiment, really came from David Kasdan, Alpha Delta 8 Yankee at the Case Western Reserve University Case Amateur Radio Club, W8EDU. So uh, both he and his students have really been leading the charge in uh, making sure this happens. And um, what we've asked um, participants to do is to measure the Doppler shift at their station of the 5 megahertz WWV uh, frequency. And when you do that, you'll find out that even though WWV has a very, very stable and accurate 5 megahertz carrier, what you, what you actually receive in your own backyard is not stable and not right at 5 megahertz. There's you know, a substantial amount of frequency shift to be seen. And that frequency shift can very often be attributed to variations occurring in the ionosphere.
0: Very good. So how, how do you go about taking all these measurements and
1: crowdsourcing them? So there is a frequency e- measurement experiment page on org. If you go to org, there's a news or blog post up right now about this. And then there's a link to a procedure page. And on the procedure page, it explains... Uh, how you're going to set up your equipment, and what you're going to measure. Uh, the important things, some of the important things here, is you can use almost any receiver, but you do have to have some sort of very stable um, oscillator to measure against. And uh, one popular choice these days are GPS-disciplined oscillators, which actually synchronize with uh, the gps Uh, network of satellites, and they can use that to uh, steer or discipline a local oscillator, and you can get a very stable local oscillator, almost uh, to the caliber of being a piece of test equipment. And then you can uh, feed that into your radio, and you can use that to compare um, that signal with the one coming in from WWV, and that can allow you to record the Doppler shift measurements. Uh, you often use a program. There's a program called Spectrum Lab. Uh, you can either use that or even the frequency measurement um, utility within FL Digi. Those are both ways that you can record the data to the computer, and then you're going to want to upload those observations to a data repository site called Zenodo, where we have a HamSCI community page.
0: So you're going to gather all this data on the Doppler shift, and what are you What are you hoping to find from this?
1: Well, we're really hoping to learn about new ionospheric dynamics that maybe we don't know about, or maybe we know about but don't understand. And there's a whole zoo of different things out there, um, different phenomena, uh, things such as traveling ionospheric disturbances, um, you can see changes due to uh, the sunrise and sunset, um, other things as well. Some of these things I mentioned, like traveling atmospheric disturbances, that's a very generic term. There's a lot of things that can cause that can cause them. So not all the traveling atmospheric disturbances are the same. So by looking at these measurements, we might be able to learn something new.
0: Okay, so uh, have you? I mean, it, it's just happened in, what, two days now, right, since yeah. since the anniversary of WWV, which uh, we were fortunate enough to have uh, a couple of those guys from uh, the uh, special event station uh, on here a couple of weeks ago. But
1: uh, have you been able to gather anything out of the data already? Yes, yeah, so we have so far, um, and that's really thanks to some – uh, very good volunteers that we have participating. Um, so on the Zenodo website, and again, you can get to a link to that from hamside.org, on the Zenodo repository, we have about 40 submissions from uh, many different places, many different operators providing data. And some of them have even presented their data in a, a presentation form. So one very nice presentation comes from Uh, an amateur, Steve Serwin, Whiskey Alpha 5, Foxtrot, Romeo Foxtrot. And he lives in San Antonio, Texas. So he's measuring the path between Fort Collins, Colorado, where WWV is, to his station in San Antonio, Texas. And he has absolutely beautiful figures which show uh, the Doppler shift changes at dusk and dawn. And it shows that you see very few changes in the 5 megahertz signal during the day. But if you look at night, you do have um, quite prominent, uh, quite a bit of uh, ionospheric variability there, which looks like uh, traveling ionospheric disturbances. Um, I'm looking at the figure now. It looks like there's about a, it's about one hertz peak to peak Doppler shift on the signal.
0: Yeah, I took a real quick glance at it right before the show and uh and it was it was pretty pronounced.
1: So, uh Yeah. I, I mean, I this think is hot.
0: You're on to something here.
1: Yeah. This is hot off the press. Uh really. I mean, Steve just sent this this morning just posted it on um Zenodo today. And yeah, anyone who goes to the um hamside.org and Zenodo and searches for uh Whiskey Alpha 5, Foxtrot Romeo, Foxtrot WA5FRF in the Zenodo repository. Um, they'll be able to see his uh, PowerPoint or his the PDF of his PowerPoint there. And it's very clear the difference between uh, day and night. It's as clear as day and night, really. Yeah, it, it, it's very pronounced. So yeah. but, you're doing you some good stuff. Yeah. So, a couple, a couple things I want to point out about this is first of all, you know, we don't, you know, as much as we do know about the ionosphere and space, there's so much that we still do not know and we haven't been able to, you know, really observe well. And uh, this is a great case of this because I I showed these slides to um, my friend, Dr. Phil Erickson, WNPJE, who's up at the MIT Haystack Observatory. I'm like, Phil, you know, have you seen these types of oscillations or variability uh, at nighttime. Do you know what this is from? And he said, you know, Nathaniel, no, I, I really don't. Um, and if you do a Google Scholar search for a nighttime MSTIDs, you'll see a lot of optical observations, airglow observations. But um, these five megahertz HF observations, you know, know—they're they're really kind of unique. I don't think they have been studied very much professionally. So this is something, you know, that's a real contribution we can have to uh, professional science.
0: And, and that's, uh, you know, be being a science teacher and, and having a degree, you know, in, in chemistry that that's always been a connection for me is, is, you know, the ham radio aspects of science and this brings them together. And, and it's just, it's just really exciting to, uh, to hear that this is happening in, uh, in mass quantities. Yeah, it's really very exciting. Well, you've done an excellent job of, of putting this stuff together and, um, just, uh, look forward to hearing more about this and, and some of the plans that you have for the future. And, and now I understand you, you've got a,
1: a grant for the, a lot of this yeah so it hasn't quite started yet actually even though we've done so much um so these types of observations that people are making with uh the receivers and the gps disciplined oscillators that they already have uh we're trying to develop a personal space weather station uh device that can basically standardize these types of measurements um we'd like to create a device that um is built designed from the ground up to address some of the scientific needs that a typical radio setup wouldn't have like it's going to have a high quality oscillator in it um that's going to gps disciplined oscillator in it it's going to have the ability to do time stamping it's going to have um the ability to measure multiple things at the same time. And um, we would like to build this and be able to distribute it, um, either distribute it or make it available to amateur radio operators really all over the world eventually and create a network that can very consistently make um, measurements like the ones you're seeing from this WWV Festival Frequency Measurement. But we want to you know, have them um be more standardized and and more carefully measured. So what we just won a large NSF grant, one point three million dollars. Um it's a collaborative grant shared among a, a few different institutions that's going to provide some funding to help develop a prototype for this particular uh personal space weather station.
0: And one of the things that you learn in science is sometimes it all comes down to the funding. So <laughs> well, you <laughs> know, it certainly helps. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I mean, it helps on so many different levels because um, really it we, we've been doing a lot of these projects on a, a volunteer basis. We have many volunteers who've been helping. But now that we have funding, it can accelerate the process. Even here at, at the university, um, the fact that I have funding actually gives me more time uh, and more justification to spend my time working on this project uh, rather than some of the other responsibilities I might have. So it, it really allows people to redirect their time uh, to work on these things and and make it come together. Yeah.
0: Well, I think we're something. We're glad I think that something that have that time.
1: Yeah, and one thing I'm very excited about is the uh, collaborative nature of this. So I've been working with the uh, Tapper group, they're doing a lot of the engineering work on this project. And that's where I, I was able to connect with a lot of the people who are, who are working on this project. And so the Tapper portion of the project, uh, they're calling it the Tangerine SDR software defined radio. And it's actually the Tangerine SDR is going to be, um, you know, certainly to support the personal space weather station, but it's going to be modular. So it can support other applications as well. Um, we meet every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern uh, on a on the internet on a TeamSpeak session, and we have a listserv, and that's where we're able to do a lot of our collaborative development. And then we meet twice a year, once at the um, Tapper Digital Communications Conference, which just happened in Detroit last weekend, and then again at the HamSci Workshop, which is going to happen in Scranton this March 20th and 21st. Um, to continue the development of this uh, project. Oh,
0: that sounds like a, a fabulous project. And uh,
1: glad to hear
0: that the, the funding is there and, and the volunteers are there and uh, it's all coming together. So, so congratulations once again. Thank
1: you. Thank you so well, much.
0: We're going to come back. We're going to talk to Nathaniel some more, and we're going to give you a chance to ask your questions. So uh, be sure to give us a call. That telephone number to call again uh, is 812-638-4261. It's 812-NET-HAM-1. And uh, we'll take your calls when we come back after this word from Tower Electronics right here on Ham Talk Live. Is this getting serious? I think so. Well, how do you feel about it? Just imagine if you hadn't run out of PL-259s.
1: Just imagine if your connectors weren't from Tower Electronics.
0: Consider the sophisticated quality of connectors from Tower Electronics. Their silver-plated end connectors are so good, they've even been used on the International Space Station.
1: I'm not so sure why I ever used any other PL-259s. Mine
0: are better. Besides, you deserve the best. You know I love you. Don't be caught without PL-259s. Visit Tower Electronics at a ham fest near you. Or visit them online anytime at pl-259.com. Or call 920-435-2973. They also have ham sticks, mobile antennas, and meters, too. See the whole catalog. Go to pl-259.com. Tower Electronics, the Ham's Dime Store since 1978. Join the conversation. Give us a call at 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. If a man says something in the woods and there are no women there, is he still wrong? You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neo Rap. Thanks, as always, to Tower Electronics for bringing Ham Talk Live your way each and every week. Their Ham Fest schedule this weekend, it's uh, actually tomorrow and Saturday in Belton, Texas, and then Chickasaw, Alabama, October 12th, and October 19th, Greenville, Tennessee, But you can visit them anytime, anywhere at pl-259.com. And Ham Talk Live, you can visit us anytime, anywhere at hamtalklive.com or live every Thursday night at 9 p.m. at hamtalklive.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's time now for your calls. So if you have a question for Nathaniel, please give us a call at 812 638 4261. It's 812 net ham1. Or you can tweet us. It's at hamtalklive. And if you're listening to us on WTWW or on the podcast version, we're not here. It's (laughs) Thursday night, so we're not here. So uh, sorry that uh, we won't be able to take your questions live on the show. But um, we can always fit those questions in uh, offline here as well. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the next big project. But uh, first, let me, let me run over here to, to Twitter. And, and, uh, and Brett uh, caught my, my near mistake. And, and he knows that I've caught on to this. Uh, that I, At the beginning, I, I almost said 100 wires and a what? instead of a hundred watts in a wire so Brett caught that so he, I know somebody's listening so very good eight one two six three eight four two six one is the number so uh, let's talk a little bit about some future plans and and I guess first would be this HAMSI conference that you've got coming up and and amazingly it, it's at the University of Scranton
1: that's right we're planning that the 2020 ham workshop at the university of scranton and the plan is to have it march 20th and march 21st and this is an opportunity to come uh, meet fellow uh, ham radio science enthusiasts and uh, professional academic researchers and we all come together and uh, we present uh the research that we've been doing and talk about how we can further both science and amateur radio together and it's it's a really really great couple days so we've we've run the workshop twice so far we had it once at njit that was the first year and then last year case western reserve hosted it and so this year it will be at the university of scranton all right and that's you know anybody can go to that right that's right, yes, anyone can go. So we're still working on getting the details um, set up. That will be posted on uh, hamside.org probably in about a month or so. So we still have to get some of the final details. Um, but the, typically uh, it costs about $175 or so, and that includes um, all of the food. So that's we still have to confirm all of those details for this year, but that's how we've been able to run it in the past. And um, last year, we had some very good speakers. We had uh, Ward Silver, uh, N0AX, as uh, the keynote speaker. And um, for the two invited uh, tutorials, we had Carl Letzelswab, K9LA, who's a well-known uh, propagation um, columnist, and uh, Dr. Larissa Gontrenko, uh from the MIT Haystack Observatory. Well,
0: some great, uh, people there and some great topics. So, uh, if you get a chance, uh, head on over to the university of Scranton in March and, and check out the third hamsai workshop. Well, what else have you got coming up here? Are you, are you coming up some, with some more of these, uh, great ideas for, uh, studies?
1: Oh, well, let me tell you, I mean. Just uh, working on the Personal Space Weather Station right now is taking... That is a very multifaceted project in and of itself. So we have people working on the Tangerine SDR. Um, That's going to be the higher-end version of the Personal Space Weather Station. We're going to have a lower-cost version, so there's design that needs to go into that. We're going to have part of the device uh, use ground magnetometers, so there's science that needs to go into that. So just this one project is really quite diverse. And even the uh, Festival of Frequencies that we're having right now, those observations are going to help give us um, ideas and uh, starting data starting point for the designs for this personal space weather station as well. So that is part of it. Um, but some other things, I guess some other things I have personally going on um, with the HAMSI-type activities is I'm uh, working on a, a paper that looks at large-scale traveling atmospheric disturbances that you can see in both reverse speaking network and uh, whisper uh, network data. And I'm planning on presenting that at the American Geophysical Union meeting this coming December. So I'll be there and a few other Hamsai people will be there as well and um, uh, and I'm also planning on going to the American Meteorological Society meeting in January so there's there's quite a bit of activity going on.
0: eight one two six three eight four two six one is the phone number. If you have a question for dr. Nathaniel Forcell w two nAF about Hamsai and the WWV anniversary festival of frequency measurement so and if you were listening to this WWV all the time all the time and you measured all the the doppler shift make sure you you send in your data and uh and get it collected uh well let's see we do have a um a question here at coming in from uh, Brett, WY7BG. Uh, what will the ionospheric researchers be doing during the upcoming eclipse?
1: Um, well, I, they are going to be uh, trying to repeat some of the same sorts of experiments that happened in the last eclipse. And you might say, well, why would you do that? Um, well, the path of the upcoming eclipse is rather different from the path of the previous eclipse. Um, the 2024 eclipse is going to be much more of a north south direction, whereas the 2017 eclipse was from west to east. And so there's actually, because of, because the ionosphere is structured based on, uh, the earth's magnetic field, um, you can expect to see some different behavior between those two situations. So they'll be investigating uh, some science questions uh, related to that, I'm sure. And if I don't move, Mm -hmm.
0: the center of that viewing area is like three miles from my backyard.
1: Wow, are you lucky
0: so yeah last time we were like oh we're in the wrong place and then it's like well wait a minute next time is
1: better so just have to wait yeah. around long enough
0: right <laughs> yeah yeah now i don't know if i can wait around long enough but we'll, <laughs> we'll, maybe we'll come back and visit but but uh, yeah we'll, well maybe we can rent out the backyard as an observatory or something i don't know but yeah. uh yeah the, there should be some uh good things and, and of course you know it Repeating this is always kind of necessary to make sure that, you know, there's yeah. not something wrong with the data. So That's right. That's
1: always And, good you know, time. we're looking to confirm things, you know, like waves that are generated by eclipses, waves in the ionosphere, um, different how ionosphere chemistry can uh, change uh, with altitude. Those are some of the things people will be looking at. There are people who look at VLF propagation and how that changes um, due to an eclipse. So there's a lot of different ways to look at the eclipse.
0: Well, that's coming up, so we'll we'll have to hang on for that one a little while longer. But uh, the preparation begins now. So that's it. Does. 8126384261 let's give one last call here for some uh questions uh for Dr. Nathaniel cell W2NAF from Hamsai. Uh what else is Hamsai up to besides the uh the the
1: WWV thing and the uh and the upcoming uh conference? Um so besides that and the personal space weather station um well, we're always looking for uh, people uh, who are doing science sorts of activities with ham radio. We're looking for them to contribute. Um, there's a lot of interest in NVIS-type propagation, uh, near-vertical-incidence sky wave. Um, and this is of particular interest to people who are um, doing... Uh, public service emergency communications and uh, defense applications because it allows you to set up uh, regional communications uh, with modest antennas. And so that's a very hot topic of research. Um, Some of the people at, some of the researchers at West Point uh, are actually very interested in this, and they were able to come to both the HamSci workshop and the Tapper DCC and present on that sort of work. So I know that's going to be a continuing topic uh, near Vertical Instance Skywave and VIS.
0: Very good.
1: Well, all kinds of cool stuff going on, and it's H A M
0: S C I H-A-M-S-C-I.org. Be sure to check that out and... and uh, watch what's happening because uh, Nathaniel and his uh, and his cohorts are putting together some marvelous science tied in with ham radio. So Nathaniel again congratulations on the uh, on the new job, on the big award and and another uh interesting um, measurement of uh of the ionosphere and uh, we look forward to hearing more uh, as you have a chance to dig into the data and, and find uh, a few more things, I suspect. Yes, thank you so much, Neil. All right. Well, anything else we need to we need to tell the listeners before we go here?
1: I think that's it. Just uh, keep operating and um, uh, you know be curious. Go. Uh, yeah. I hope to see some of you come at come to the uh, Hamside Workshop uh, in 2020 yeah uh, at the university of scranton i will very much enjoy meeting you and the more you operate the more research
0: you can do that's right if the signals aren't there you can't measure <laughs> them so that's right you got to have them out there so get on the air and uh next weekend get outside if you can and and participate in the the fallout activity there's uh, another activity for you to get on the air with so Um, don't forget about that. Well, that is a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. Thanks again to my guest, Dr. Nathaniel Fursell, W2NAF, and everybody in cyberspace for listening and typing in tonight. And uh, come back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, we'll have another guest. Uh we're working on a, a, a kind of big one. So we'll we'll see if it's next week or the week after. But uh we've got a a big one coming on here uh pretty soon. So check out hamtalklive.com for a list of all of our upcoming guests. And if you like ham talk live, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. It helps others find us faster. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying seven three seven five, and may the good DX be yours.